Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. The announcements for today. Tonight at 6.30, we will be at Mother Anderson's church. Um, I strongly encourage everyone to go. I don't know if I'm going to preach. I don't know if Mark's going to preach. My little brother, I don't know who's going to preach. But I do know one thing. When Mark does get up there, it's a refreshing for your soul. Believe that. Just go find out for yourself. The Bible says one plants and another waters, but God gives the increase. And when I when I preach to you guys, I feel like I'm planting. And then when I hear Mark, I feel like he waters. So it's very refreshing. It's like a good, nice, cold glass of water on a hot day. I encourage you to go. He will be saying, normally saying something. I don't know who is going to be speaking. But I encourage everybody to go and be refreshed. God has been doing a lot. And there's no such thing as too much church, and there's no such thing as, well, too much serving God. You just can't serve too much. If we think it's too much now, then heaven is not a place for us because that is all that we do. A whole long day that never ends is worship God. So if we worship Him too much now, then heaven's not a place for us. Today we're going to be talking about making your calling and election sure. Because sometimes God calls people, but they don't make their calling and their election sure. And they walk away from God before they can really even know what they're supposed to be doing. When God, he says, many are called, but few are chosen. And he's looking for those few people that will make their calling and their election sure in God. If you don't make your calling and election sure, you're going to be one of those that don't make it in. We're going to be reading from 2 Peter 1, 1 through 12. I'll be reading that one. We're going to John 15, 1 through 7, 2 Peter chapter 3, 13 through 18, 3, 13 through 18, and Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for all that you have blessed us with. Thank you for this opportunity to come together and to hear your word, my God. Lord, don't let it be that I say anything that I'm not supposed to say. If you're not going to speak to your people, then I don't need to be up here. But my Father, feed us the bread of life and the living water and let this seed fall upon good ground that we may bring forth fruit a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. In 2 Peter, the first chapter, It reads, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, 
Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the, the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Now the word diligence means to pay attention, to give good heed, to really acknowledge, to make sure that you pay close attention. Not as an attention as when we are driving somewhere. We're paying attention as what we're doing, but we're not really paying attention. Sometimes we don't even see something, or sometimes we don't even know how we got there because we're kind of on autopilot. A lot of times people serve God in a way of speaking on autopilot. They read their Bible, they pray, they pray for their food, but they're not really paying attention to what they're doing. He says give all diligence, pay close attention to what you are doing. And when you give this attention in all diligence, add to your faith virtue. The Bible says that every man was given a measure of faith. There's not a human being that can say, Lord, you did not give me. I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it because everybody has a measure of faith. Now, what we do with our faith is up to us. We could put our faith in man. We could put our faith in our jobs, in our career. We could put our faith in the materialistic things. We could put our faith in friends and family. We could put our faith in the school, in, in the government, wherever we want to put our faith. We can put it. Or we can choose to put our faith in Jesus Christ. And if we choose to put our faith in Jesus Christ, then you will have eternal life. Then you will see the things that you need are provided. All these great and precious promises will be yours if your faith is in Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So when you have faith, it also says when you have faith, add virtue to your faith. Now the word virtue means strength, valor, and praise. So when you have faith of a mustard seed, that's why it could be so tiny. But when you put that faith in Jesus Christ and you put all your strength and your ambition and your enthusiasm in what you believe in, then you begin to see results because faith without works is dead. So when you put all of this ambition, your strength into it, and you begin to praise God for what he's already done for you, you will begin to see the fruit grow that you have. But that doesn't stop there. He said, and then to your virtue, you need to add knowledge. And when you have this knowledge, what the virtue is the strength when you search the scriptures and you study the Bible and you read and you want to know the knowledge of God. But when you have the knowledge of God, it doesn't stop there. Now you're starting to understand who God is and you're starting to understand how he works and you're starting to meditate on him and you feel the power of God. But he said, when you get knowledge, now you have to put temperance with your knowledge. 
Why do we need temperance with our knowledge? Temperance means self-control. Because when you get a little piece of knowledge of the Most High God, most people say, oh, God talks to me, and they have they lose their control, and they begin to look here and look there and go here because they think that God is giving them all this knowledge that they need, and they don't have what they need yet. They begin to look other places. They begin to search the different things. Instead of staying with God, they have no self control stay with God stay with Jesus don't because you cannot find out who God is if you don't know who Jesus is he said no man can come to the father but by me so you could look for God you could study God all you want and you're never going to understand him unless you understand him through Jesus because Jesus said I will reveal my father unto you but you got to go through Jesus and then you'll find out exactly who God is and what he can do and how powerful he is. And that with you, you can do anything you want to do through Jesus Christ. He said all things are possible to them that believe. He said you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. There's not a problem. There's nothing you cannot go through if you have Jesus. But when you begin to understand Jesus and you put self-control and you maintain that because when you have self-control the devil can come tell you you're doing wrong. You got to go this way. You got to do this. And you're not carried away with every wind of doctrine. When you have self-control to stay, no, I will stay with Jesus. The grass might look greener on the other side, but it never is. It never is. They can show you things. The devil shows signs and wonders. The devil shows himself that he is God, but the grass is not greener on the other side. If you have self-control and you stay with Jesus, you'll find out who God is. You'll learn what your position is. You'll learn what you need to do. But he also said, when you add this self-control, then you have to have patience. You have to add to that self-control. You have to add patience. You can't just go to God and expect him to give you everything that you ask for in the same hour. Sometimes he will. Sometimes he won't. Because sometimes we ask God for something and he says yes, but we don't need it right now. We have to get it later. He promised Abraham a son. And Abraham waited 10 years. And God still hadn't given him the promise. Moses talked about Jesus and God said, God will raise you up a prophet like unto me. And 40 years later, Jesus still hadn't come. He said, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the lamb. He promised the children of Israel a land flowing with milk and honey. But the children of Israel, they would have had it in 40 days. But because they did not be obedient, it caused them to wait 40 years before they can get the promise. Add to your virtue patience. Add to your knowledge. Get patient. Wait on the Lord. He said, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Don't be so eager to get something. Make sure that God gave it to you. Because the devil knows what we want too. He knows exactly what we want. And he'll show us exactly what we want. And it will be an exact duplicate of what we want. But the inside is the way of death. It'll look good. It'll feel good. It'll drive fast. I say that because I like cars. It'll drive fast. She'll be beautiful. He'll be handsome. They'll be rich. The money looks good. But make sure you ask God, is this from you? Don't just go get it because, oh, God gave me this. A lot of times he don't. He knows what you want. What happened to Abraham when they said, okay, well, maybe this is a way that God's going to give us children. That was not the way. God said, I will give you 
the desires of your heart. Whatever you want, car, truck, woman, husband, wife, children, I will give you the desires of your heart, but wait till I give it to you. Don't just go get it. If you think God gave you something and what God has given you draws you away from going to God, then that wasn't from God. Because when he gives you something, he's going to give it to you to help you stay with him. He said, it's not good that a man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. So if your wife, if you get married or you have a girlfriend or a husband or a boyfriend, and hopefully you're not committing fornication, but that's none of my business. That's up to you guys. But if you have a relationship and they are drawing you away from the calling of God, that person did not come from God. Because when it comes from God, they're going to help you to achieve your goals. They're going to help you and push you to go towards God more. They're going to be in unity with you to help you. They're not going to bring you away. If I go out there and I say, Lord, I really, really, really want another truck. And then the devil can give me one too. But if that truck is causing me to work longer hours and to pay for it and to not go to church that much, and to, then that truck didn't come from God. God's not going to give you anything that's going to draw you away from him. He's going to give you something that will help you. Why? He said the gifts of God are without repentance and also the blessings of God. There is no sorrow added unto it. So when God gives you something, you don't have to worry about having hurting later because there is no sorrow with what God gives you. But we just have to be patient. And then with patience, he says, you need to add another thing. That's godliness. We can prophesy. We can preach. We can lay hands on the sick and they recover. We can speak in tongues. We can shout. We can dance. But if we don't do it with God, it profits us nothing, nothing. You have to have God with whatever you do. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, but they begin to honor the gift more than the one that gave the gift. They begin to worship the creature more than the creator. God gives you something and you begin to put all your time and energy into what he gave you instead of putting your same time and energy in the one that gave it to you. See, people say, oh, I got a gift of God and I'm saved and I'm good and I'm sanctified and I could live this way and I could do that way because I have the gift of God. You have the gift, but do you have the one that gave you the gift? I was 18 years old. Let me rewind. 17 years old. I was baptized when I was 17 years old. And God gave me the gift of healing. I can lay my hands on anybody. He told me who to pray for. He told me who not to pray for. He... He told me who to lay hands on, who not to lay hands on, because he said, lay hands suddenly on no man. And I had this great gift, and I and I would use it. And people that didn't want to be healed would be healed if I prayed for them, because they didn't have that choice. That was not their option. And people got upset at me a lot, because they would pray and pray and pray and pray, and it looked like God didn't answer. And I would walk in the door, and I would lay hands, and the people would get up, and then people would get mad. But it wasn't that God wasn't listening to their prayers. Everybody has a calling that God gives them, and gifts. But when I began to go into the world, God didn't take away the gifts but that he gave me, but I could not use them like I wanted to, or like I used to, or like I could, because I didn't have the one that gave me the gift. I still had the gift, but not the one that gave me the gift. Make sure you stay with the one that gave you the gift. Don't just take the gift and leave the prodigal son. He took his father's goods and everything that belonged to him, but he didn't have his father when he went out there and he wasted it all. Don't just take the gifts that God gives you and think that you're good to go and you leave God behind. 
The Holy Ghost will not follow you into wickedness. The Holy Ghost will stay only in good. And the gifts of the Holy Ghost are the gift of healing, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. These are gifts of the Holy Ghost that it gives you. So if you leave the Holy Ghost, you'll still have the gift. Don't be deceived. Stay with God, period. Stay with God. Use the gifts that God has given you. But then he said, you need to add the godliness. You need to also add brotherly love. And when you have brotherly kindness, you love one another. How can we say that we love God whom we have not seen and we hate each other? How can we say that the love of God dwells in us and we don't love each other? How can we say, oh man, I am a child of the Most High God and there's fighting and envy and bickering and talking bad about each other and we are here on this earth together? He said, add to godly this brotherly kindness, love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is how you make your calling and your election sure. What was it said on Friday night that sometimes we have a child, but when you go and adopt that child, you choose the child that you want. When you have a child, you just have a child and you have whatever God gives you. But when you go to the adoption center and you look at the children, you can pinpoint the child that you want to have. That's what God did for us. He chose us. We didn't choose him. We are honored to be adopted into the royal family. But when you are adopted, then you need to behave like you're adopted into the royal family. And when he calls you and we answer this call and we have been baptized and we have begun to taste and see that God is good. He said, now you need to make your calling an election sure. When you take that child home, you have a period of time to be with that child before everything is finalized. And when you take that child home and all he does is tear up your house and he doesn't listen and he doesn't obey, you have the option to say, I don't want this child, which is sad, but it is true. You have that option. It's the same way with God. When he calls you and you don't be obedient and you're running and acting this the same way like you live in the world and you are not making your calling an election sure, one day he's going to say, okay, fine, you want to be over there, go back over there. He said, make your calling an election sure. We're going to verse 6. He says, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. You can't do any of these without God. People take the word charity and they say the word charity means love, in which it does. And they take the word love and they say the word means God, in it, which it does, because God is love. But a lot of times we stop at the word charity and we don't say, well, charity means God. So we say, well, I'm doing this and I love you and I got you and I'm doing this in love, but we're not doing it with God because we are thinking we love the flesh instead of the spirit. Let us do it in spirit and have God with us and all of these things will be perfect in our life. We will make our calling and our election. Sure, you want to be that good little child that when that person is ready to adopt you, you're acting very well behaved because you want to get out of the foster home. You don't want to be in the foster home. You don't want to be running around and seeing a lot of parents come and take children and you're still there. You don't have a place to call your home. You don't really have a family. Your brothers and sisters that you call brothers and sisters because they keep coming in and out aren't really your family. 
You don't bond with anybody. That's how we are in the world. We don't fit in. We don't bond with the world. We're not a part of the world. We are in this world, but we are not of the world. But when Jesus looked and saw and he said, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to adopt those children. I'm going to make them into this royal family. I'm going to give them a place that they can call home. I'm going to give them brothers and sisters that won't leave. The Bible says in another place about the children of Israel, I will plant them and they don't have to move anymore. I'm going to plant them and they can stay there and enjoy their land. But that only happens if we have God. That only happens if we have God. And then we won't be hungry. We won't be thirsty. We won't be unfruitful. We will be plentiful. We will be able to just enjoy the Lord all the days of our life if we have charity, which means if we have God, we have everything that we need. We're going to John 15, 1 through 7. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husband. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purchased it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except ye abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me he can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. See, if you abide in Jesus, you can ask whatever you want, and he'll do it. If you stay in Jesus, stay with him, and he'll do it. He said, and when I see you bringing forth fruit, I'm going to purge you so you can bring forth more fruit. But if you're st sitting and you say, I know God and I know Jesus and you're not doing nothing and you're not bringing forth fruit, which is love and peace and joy and, and you're not bringing forth these fruits, he says, okay, I'm going to cut that branch off and throw it into the fire and I'm going to bring in another branch and see if they will grow. But when you are in Jesus and you begin to grow in Christ, he says, okay, well, this one's bringing forth. I'm going to prune him so he can even bring forth more. Stay with Jesus. Don't let nothing in this world pull you away from Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Stay. He is the true vine. And his father is the husbandman. Which means Jesus is waiting and God is waiting and when God sees that the branch is not bringing forth good fruit, God's not going to let that into his kingdom. He said cut it off and burn that. But when the branch is bringing forth fruit, prune it so it can bring forth more fruit. Don't get away from Jesus. Stay with Jesus. He's all that we need. We're going to 2 Peter 3, 13-18. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, Beware, lest ye also be led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace, 
and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. See what he's saying in that passage is he's saying when sometimes when you read the Bible, especially when Paul is talking, the Bible is sometimes hard to understand throughout the Bible, but especially Paul's letters, what he wrote, looks like it makes no sense. It is very hard to understand. But the problem is when we read the Bible that we don't understand something, either we will turn to something else or we'll just put it down and not even really go for it. And we make up our own analogies and we make up our own theories and well, I believe this and I believe that. And, and it's to our own destruction. When you read the Bible and you don't understand it, don't put it down. Search, dig, look up the words. Ask God, what did Jesus say? If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. When you read the Bible and you don't understand it, pray, Lord, help me to understand this. Don't make up your own theories. Don't start making up your own excuses. Ask God to help you. Because it says it's only for your own destruction if you don't understand it. And you start making up your own. And rest means to just leave it alone and push it aside. They let the scriptures rest. While they read, and I don't understand that, I'll just pass by that. That's for your own destruction. Because everything was written for our learning. It's all written in there for a reason. We're going to verse 8. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For ye, if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. You have to make your calling and your election sure. When God calls us, we need to present ourselves a living sacrifice holy unto God that he will be able to say, okay, you are established. Your calling is established. What happened to Saul? God chose Saul to be king over Israel. But because he feared the people instead of fearing what God said, God said, I was going to establish your kingdom, but now I'm going to rip it away from you. When God calls you, stay with God. Keep being in the Bible. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Make your calling and election sure. Because if you don't, he's going to give it to somebody else. He will rend it from you and give it to somebody else. Jesus had disciples 70 in particular. He gave them power over all unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and diseases among the people. He chose that 70. But when he said, I am the bread of life and you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood, they said, this is a hard saying, and they walked away from him. They didn't make their calling and their election sure. They walked away. You have a calling in your life today. You have been chosen by God. You've been elected by God. Make it sure. Don't let him say, well, I called you to do this, but you didn't want it, so I'm giving it to somebody else. Don't let him do that. He called you. Use it. It will be for your own good. We're going to Matthew 22, 1 through 14. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage of his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. 
come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was worth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed these those murderers and burned up their cities. And saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not only wedding garments, and he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. You know, God has called all of us. Let us not make excuses. Let us not rest the scriptures. Let us not make our own, I don't know the correct word, theories or, or our own doctrine. Let us stay with the Bible. Read it. Understand it. If we don't ask God for, for guidance and understanding, and he will let us understand it. Make your calling an election sure. Because when he sees you try to get into heaven or try to get to know God any other way except through Jesus Christ, he said, I'm going to say, friend, how did you get into heaven not having another way to God? Some people will sneak in from you. They might. But what happens is they get cast out because they didn't go through Jesus Christ like they were supposed to. Go through Jesus Christ. Get to know who God is. Serve the Lord. Make your calling and election sure. Because he said many are called, but few are chosen. Let us be that few that are chosen that he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Whatever we got to do, let us do it to make our calling sure. That Jesus won't do like he did before when he created the whole world and then he repented God that he made the whole world. And when he chose Saul and he repented because he chose Saul. And when he chose um, the 70 disciples and they left, don't let him repent that he chose us. Because when God repents for something, repent means to turn away from. So when he calls you and then you make him repent, don't turn away. You don't want that no more. Make your calling and election sure. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open the altar if anyone needs prayer just come up. Thank you for every time that we slipped, that you picked us up again, my God. Thank 
you for every time, my God, that we were stumbling, we were stuck, but yet you have mercy and compassion on us, my God. Thank you for sparing our lives this far, my God. Thank you, my Father, for all that you have done for us, oh, my God. And my Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will make our calling and our election serve, my God. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name, my Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, my God, that you will walk over a day and night in the mighty name of Jesus. Be with us in our homes, my God. Be with us when we go to work, my God. Be with us no matter where we are, my God. According to your will, oh Lord God. My Father, make Lord us holy and elect us, sir. If she needs the truth, let him do it. Lord, let her see right from home. Let her choose the right. Let her turn the wrong and do it right. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Every single day, 
pray, Father, be in the midst of us. Bless our businesses. Bless our jobs. But most importantly, bless our walk with you, my God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, bless the work of our hands. Bless the fruit of our lips. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord, mold us and make us after thy will, O God. My Father, make our calling and election sure. Teach us how to make it sure, my God. Teach us how to do your will. Lord, that you will be pleased with us. That we will be a vessel of honor, fit for the master's use. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name, Lord, make our calling sure. You have called all of us, but few are chosen. Let it be that we are chosen, my God. Let it be that you have chosen each and every one of us and wrote our names down in the Lamb's book of life in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. We're going to turn the service over to our director, Adam, would you receive by the word of amen? The word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart, to live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He shine His face always upon you. And may He forever keep you.